With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of automobiles, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other things, you know, like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? At rockauto.com, you will save money. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com save. Betterhelp.com save. Got it. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Uh, today on the Callahan podcast, well, Cam Newton is younger, stronger, faster, and maybe even weirder than Tom Brady. But is he better? Will he be better in 2020? I think I think he might be. We'll talk to our man, our QB guru, Scott Mutin. The Mute Man is back. Also, lots of college football players are testing positive for the coronavirus, our old friend Boomer Sison has a very interesting theory on why they might be. And uh, and a couple of Barstool guys are bending the knee to the mob. Not sure why. This is kind of crazy. Portnoy, he's not doing it. Kirky, he ain't doing it. But a couple of their colleagues are uh, uh, writing Mia culpas. And it's just really, really disappointing. We'll get into all that. With Cullinane, with Mute, I'm Jerry Callie, and this is the Callahan Podcast presented by our friends at DCU. Whether you're buying your first home, your dream home, or looking to refinance the home you love, DCU made the mortgage program to fit your needs, and more importantly, your budget. Their mortgage experts will walk you through the application process and help remove the hurdles 
that can make it a difficult and confusing process. They'll bring you right up to the front steps of home ownership. Learn more about rates and programs or to apply today at dcu.org slash mortgage. DCU is an equal housing lender, NMLS number 466914, insured by NCUA, membership required. Hi, Connie. Let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. You know, I'm going to... uh, I'm going to reveal something to you guys right here and now, Mute Man and uh, Colinane. I'm uh, a cynic by nature. I was born, I born cynic. I'm a little skeptical. So when I see a thing like Cam Newton to the Patriots for, uh, you know, a million bucks, <laughs> Cam Newton making less than, you know, half the punters in the NFL, uh, uh, apparently healthy, ready to go, motivated, one year deal. I say, this, this is, too good to be true. There's got to be a catch. So what do we do? We, I spend a day reading, listening, watching everything I can about Cam Newton. Then we bring in our QB guru, Scott Mutant. The Mute Man is back, and maybe he can explain it to me. What's the catch? What, what, you know, what is the friggin' catch here? Why? You, I mean, I know Belichick is a pretty cunning guy, sly, smart, savvy guy. We all know that. We know there weren't wasn't a lot of interest in, in Newton. Teams were set, but. Why? How did they get him for nothing? I mean, there is literally, you know, the price of a QB has got to the point where average QBs are making 15, 18, 20, 25, I mean, 30 million bucks, and they're going to get Newton. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't cost them anything. And if it does, it costs them 7 million bucks. Maybe well, you can enlighten me, Mutrin. Well, it's crazy. I mean, he's, he signed basically for the amount that Brian Hoyer signed for. One put the veteran minimum, which is one point oh five million dollars, which ranks him fifty fifth overall uh, <laughs> of NFL quarterbacks. So now the good thing is, if he hits all his incentives, which is seven and a half million dollars, he'll make it all the way up to t- tied for twenty fifth with Terod Taylor uh, in San Diego. So, <laughs> so Goldberg, tell me that again: for. if he hits all the incentives, all the incentives, he'll make the same money as Tyrod Taylor, right? Which is less than. Here's a couple good guys on this. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's 24th on the list, will make more than him. Uh, let's see. Jacoby Brissett, who's 13th on the list, would make more than wow. him. Um, Sam Darnold, another AFC East quarterback, will make a little more than him. At the, he's 22nd. Uh, and who's the who's another good one that I saw on the list? Uh, oh, yeah, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, is 19th on the list. So all those other guys are going to get paid more than Cam Newton, even if Cam Newton hits every single one of his incentives. So I forgot this, uh, but your guy, Brian Hoyer, who idolized Scott Mutant in high school, Brian Hoyer was brought in here, we think, you know, probably to back up, but to compete. There was going to be this, at least uh, this, uh, you know, potential uh, competition in preseason where your guy would have a chance to win the starting job. Uh, have you talked to Hoyer, and is uh, is that out? I mean, obviously, uh, Newton's here. If Newton doesn't start, Newton's gone, correct? Newton's going to start. Yeah, I, I assume Cam Newton's going to start, and there's just so much going on for, for Cam in, the, in this situation is that it, it's a massive prove-me moment for him. Um, and, and I think he wanted to go to the best situation for him, and when you get a chance to start for a team that can compete and win a division and get into the playoffs and play for a Hall of Fame coach, He's made that ton of he's made a ton of money. He's made 120 million dollars in his career so right. far. Why not take this other shot 
prove that you can play. You'll be 32 years old, which is relatively young now for quarterbacks, even even quarterbacks that run. And if you prove that you're worth it, I mean, look at Ryan Tannehill. Perfect example of this. He kind of did the same thing. Now he's ninth on that list, by the way. He signs on a hundred and what twenty million dollar deal, I think, with with Tennessee after you know taking them and leading them to the playoffs, beating the Patriots. So if he gets the opportunity to do that. Cam Newton will, and shows that he's back to, to that. He's going to make a ton of money again. Well, sure, the sacrifice that he made is it would be worth it. But here's the thing that I mean, it, we, they say he's hungry, and I, I assume he is. You know, no one wanted him. The, the story yesterday was I forget who reported it. Was it uh, uh, Florio? Someone reported that the, the Patriots were the only team that called, which I believe because they got him for such such small money. But is he? Hungry or is he bitter when he comes here? Because you heard what Richard Sherman said. He said it's disgusting that a guy uh, of his caliber has to settle for such small money. And I assume that he will say that he's hungry and he's and it'll appear hungry. But I wonder if he's bitter. Like you know, these these people they screwed me. I I'm making you know less than you name it. Tyrod Taylor or Ryan Tannehill, Cam Newton. Cam Newton has to look in the mirror. Sam Darnold, Kyler Murray. He has to look in the mirror and say, I'm I'm much better than Ryan Tannehill. I'm an MVP. I'm a stud. Hell, he does look in the mirror. We've seen him. He's right. jacked. He's incre- He's in incredible shape. If he's healthy and, you know, we think they're going to give him a physical and confirm that, he has to look at this and say, I'm getting screwed. I'm getting screwed. Is that how? You, is that a motivational thing if you think you're getting screwed? I think hungry and bitter are kind of synonymous, to tell you the truth. I think part of the bitterness fuels the hunger. If that makes any sense, I think that he he he's going to go Deep out. Thoughts with Scott Mutrin right now. <laughs> well, it's kind of true. It's I I think that he he has something to prove to to the other teams. And and when you look across, when you really look at the NFL, quarterbacks are such a fragile ego position, right? So it's right. you want to say which guys do you want to bring around? And Cam's and Cam's personality. He's a gregarious guy. I mean, you look at the way he dresses. You look at the way he talks. If he goes into a room. Where there's a where there's a younger quarterback like Cleveland, for example, there was there was talk that the Browns were interested in him. If you bring him in, like, does that hurt Baker Mayfield? Does it do you lose Baker Mayfield's confidence? And is it is it worth it? You know, because if 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 you have faith in that younger quarterback, you don't want to lose the room because you feel Cam can take it over, and then you have to rebuild that team all over, or do you have to pay Cam? So, and then if you're if you have a, a veteran quarterback, you're like, why do you want to threaten the vet? who is, you know, doing a, a good job, whether it's, you know, you know, Drew, like Jameis Winston isn't a threat to Drew Brees. Cam right. would be right. a threat to, to play there. You know right. what I mean? And it's sure. kind of fragile and the ego that you're dealing with, with the position and with that group that I just think it's tough for, for any, for many teams to bring that, to bring a guy like Cam Newton in. And I know that's probably, why, right. that's probably why they didn't call him. They said yeah. he does not want to be a backup. He does, you know, he does not look at himself as a backup. Whereas Jameis Winston says, I could sit behind Drew Brees for a year, learn, get better, whatever. Newton's never going to do that. He, well, he's Jameis too Winston, old. Yeah. Jameis Winston's like, well, maybe I should get eye surgery. So I stopped throwing right. 30 interceptions to the other team uh, and learn from Drew Brees that that would help. But uh, I, I definitely think that Cam wanted a position to prove himself. But, but if you think about it, it, this is a this is something that works for both sides. Because sure. at the end, if Cam does what he feels that he can do, and the Patriots are going to pay him seven and a half million tops to do what he can do, and they can win, w- w- it's a win win for him. So do you think? I, well, I mean, what do you what do you know about Stidham? Do you think Stidham's going to be a good starting quarterback? I mean, are they just waiting for him to you know be ready and then? 
the job is his? I have um, I have a feeling and a thought that they like Jared Stidham's skill set, that he is Garoppolo-esque um, in some of the things that he can do, but he he is a year or two away. And that is the reason that you make the sign. And this is not like this isn't a knock on Jared Stidham. Um, this is more along the lines of Jared Stidham just needs some time to he'll get more reps because I'm sure they're going to try and limit Cam's reps coming coming into this, although he's going to want some. But I, I do think that they they have faith in him, but it's definitely going to take some time for him to get comfortable and playing in that position and why put him, you know, here's the, here's the thing that I, that I think is even more shrewd about this is like, you're bringing in someone, you, someone was going to replace a legend, the best quarterback in the NFL. Right. And you were going to ask a, a second year player to come in and do that. Not just the, the physical aspect of playing the position, but the psychological of dealing with the media, going through all that. If you could pick a better guy than Cam Newton, who isn't afraid to do this. Right. I mean, this is, this is like the best, the best one-off of all time that you could ask for because Cam's ego and stuff, he, he was the guy that would love to replace Tom Brady. Like to the pressure of that doesn't fall on the Jared Stidham now. So that's another thing that I think you got to really take into account. And, right. and, and, and Newton has, I think he would, he takes honor in doing this. And there's a guy that I would, I couldn't think of many other guys that could handle this like Cam Newton can. What does Ahmet Yannick mean? What does that mean? What? I, I have no idea. Yeah. I love his he's his cryptic uh, texts and uh, uh, Instagram things. I, I, I'm he, motivated. I should, I, ask, I, I, yeah, I, should ask the, I should ask the kids. They probably know better than I do. He's I'm a he's a weirdo right there. No, yeah, he's coming to get you. He's coming. No question. He's a weirdo. He's eccentric. He's strange. He'll have his moments with the media uh, in in Boston and New England, but that's good. I mean, I I'm telling you right now. I hear stories about, you know, when's baseball coming back and opening and I don't care. I just don't even care. Let me know when there's a game. Maybe I'll check it out. But, and, and same with basketball and same with hockey. It just, I don't, I'm done, but this changes everything for the Patriots. It's remarkable when you think about it. I didn't see them as a potential, you know, AFC champion at all. I mean, with Stidham or Hoyer playing quarterback, it just wasn't going to happen. Uh, were they going to win the division? Maybe the division still stinks. Um, they yep. make the deal and immediately, I mean, listening to you know, Chris Sims or Phil Sims and all these analysts say they're right there with the chiefs now. So they, they get a guy who was out there, they give up nothing and immediately they're back in the hunt in the AFC with the potential to go to a Super Bowl. Are you with, are you with Chris Sims? Do you think Cam Newton is better than Tom Brady? I, I wanna, well, I want to get to that with, uh, with mute on the fit. I predicted yesterday he will start more games. I'm going to say he's going to win more games than Tom Brady because uh, a couple reasons. The division, first of all, he's got a good defense. He's got a great coach, a good offensive coordinator. There's no reason he can't win 10, 11 games, win the division, maybe get a a bye, and maybe be two wins away from a Super Bowl when – a week ago or three days ago, I said, there's no way in hell the Patriots are rebuilding. They don't have a quarterback. They can't win. They won't win. It changes everything and it costs them nothing. It's an most, it's the most amazing move. I shouldn't say the most amazing move. Bel- Belichick's done this before. He's done it with, you know, Randy Moss and uh, Revis. He's Let done it, it Revis, you know, with, with, with Chad Ochoseco and Albert Haynes, but he's brought in mm-hmm. big, you know, big name veterans who had something to prove 
Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But this is a different case because it's the quarterback. It is a franchise quarterback who, if he's healthy, and you know maybe he's not, who knows? Maybe his foot's screwed up forever. But if he's healthy, it has the potential to be the best move you know Belichick's ever made. Right, and you got to understand too. It's the Patriots are up against the salary cap. I mean, they're they are up against it. They only have, I think, they have like a. $690,000 left on the salary cap right now. And that's, I don't know if that's including the draft picks yet, but they were up against it because they had $25 million in dead money. They, they're paying, you know, Tom Brady, 13, is it 13, yeah, 13 and a half million dollars dead cap. They're paying Antonio Brown four and a half million dollars nice. on that. And Michael Bennett, $2 million of that. So this, these are dead money to guys that aren't playing so it's not like like you can cry and, and complain that the Patriots got Cam Newton for cheap but it's not the the Patriots couldn't pay him a hundred million dollars because they didn't have the ability to do it so it, it worked on their terms and that's what I said before that it, it works for both sides the Patriots had didn't have the money Cam Newton just had they had the platform Cam Newton didn't need the money but needed a platform all right who wins who wins more games mute who wins more games Tom Brady I, I agree with Cam- you because of the division I think it's going to be really tough. That division is tough. You're facing uh, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, in, in Drew that Brees, right. that's the two very good teams. New Orleans, New Orleans is a couple plays away from being in the Super Bowl the last three years. Two fluke plays, right? Uh, so that's a great team. Very good offense right there. Uh, Carolina is is kind of rebuilding. They they have uh, Teddy Bridgewater there now. So I, I think they're kind of on the you know, on the downside, they're going to be cleaning out to, to get better. But Atlanta, I think, is, you know, that offense, Atlanta's loaded with first-round picks on offense. I think they have 10 first-round picks Did at they? some point in, in, in on that offense. So we, Matt Ryan we went through, to that peak of his career, too. So I, I think he, I think that's going to be tough to win in that division. We went through the rankings yesterday there of the AFC East quarterbacks, you know, and it's um, before uh, they made this deal – uh, what I do with it um, before they made this deal, the, the um, Patriots, uh, the, uh, your guy Hoyer was uh, sixth and uh, Stidham was uh, fourth. And then it goes Tua three, uh, Josh Allen two and Sam Darnold number one in the AFC East. So the Patriots didn't have a top, you know, three quarterback. And they the ranked division. them as of right or a potential for this year or as of or as no, right now, right now. Who do, you, who do you Sam like Darnold who, who, has struggled to stay on the field and throw it to the right team. Number one rated guy there over Josh. Yeah. Allen. So you would agree then that the Patriots now once again, have the best quarterback in the division that we know they have the best coach um, and, and uh, probably the best defense. So you would say, of course they the favorite in the division. And if you win the division, I'm pretty sure you're still in the playoffs. Last time I checked. Last time, and maybe you even get that, you know, you, whatever. You get the breaks and you end up with that bye, and right. we know, and then you end up with a home game, and then who knows? You're, you're on your way to the Super Bowl, which is remarkable. Uh, I don't see Tampa's road being nearly that easy. No, and, yeah, and the NFC is there, there's some other roadblocks along the way. Uh, there's some quality teams in, you know, out there, even if you got to face some of the NFC East teams and, and, and their schedule, it's a, it's a different, it's a tougher road, road to hoe. I think the other thing that really needs to be taken into account in this situation for Cam is North Turner was gave him a very high recommendation right. saying that yeah. if he was in a good spot that he would recommend doing it. Now, what does that mean? Well, the offense that North Turner runs, now they they fit it to to 
to Cam's unique skill set to use his running ability. But his offense is based off the, I mean, going way back, is the Don Coriel offense, which in its roots and its genesis is what the Patriots offense is running. So I'm assuming that the terminology, the schemes, the concepts, and all of that is quite similar. So that makes the transition easier as well in these times where you can't be in the offices and you can't be in the room. If you have some familiarity with the protections, the schemes, motions, personnel groups, all those things help, you know, accelerate the learning curve for him. So that's another thing that really should be thought of because that can help him because you've seen a lot of things with Cam, um, and his ability and how he has matured at that position, the fact that he can go into an offense that is similar to what he grew up in or had a lot of success in, I think that also helps him and his situation here. Uh, all right, now, now I, I don't want to get too technical, but hey, we got you here. And I heard, uh, I don't know who was breaking this down last night, saying it's a better fit because it'll keep Newton. Josh McDaniel will keep Newton from getting hit he'll get rid of the ball quicker he'll throw to backs and tight ends and get rid of the ball quicker and not hang in and throw deep as much so he won't get hit as much and he and he uh, won't get as banged up mm-hmm. uh, and I, I guess he's still running he's still doing the rpos but what is your feeling about about uh about cam with with josh mcdaniels and this offense as i said yesterday and i'm sure you'd agree one thing he could really use would be, uh, I don't know, a big tight end, a guy like Rob Gronkowski. It's too bad he weren't still around because you'd say that's going to help him. That's going to help him a lot. But uh, what? how does it work in this offense for this this quarterback who is nothing like the last quarterback? Right. Well, a couple and a couple things that that the skills and, and what you can use is the Patriots have been relying on their running game and they've always relied on their play action game. That's something that Cam had a lot of success with, with North Turner in, in Carolina. You'll watch that. He's able to take his shot plays, um, use that play action to, to push the ball down the field. I think that's going to, that'll accentuate his arm and his ability to get it, the ball down the field. But I think they're also going to run Cam. They're just not going to recklessly run him. You, you got, if you have something with that unique skill set, and Belichick saw it in, in Lamar Jackson, how that changes the game when you have a quarterback that can run with that dynamic, they're going to run him. I think they're just going to be smart with what, how they use him. But the funny thing is, you look at him, what's the biggest thing that they've always complained in, in New England about Tom Brady is that they haven't given him enough weapons, that he doesn't right. have enough guys. He doesn't win any Pro Bowlers. Peyton Manning's always had this. How many Pro Bowlers do you think wide receivers has Cam Newton played with in his you know career since he's been in the league? Uh, since 2013. How many Pro Bowlers? I would say uh, crazy uh, Steve Smith. And, that's uh, correct. That's it. That's where the list is right there. That's it. That's that it. and Greg Olson, who's a tight end. Who, right. Who, and Olson who thinks he's a great fit. Sign. Yeah. But he has not played with a ton of great wide receivers. So he, I don't think you have to worry about that if you're worried that you have to surround Cam Newton with talent for him to be successful because he's proven that he can carry teams that don't have that dynamic uh, wide receiver crew. I mean, you're looking at the guys of like the wide receivers that that, that have played with um, Cam Newton, Steve Smith, Ted Ginn Jr., Kelvin Benjamin, who is basically a sandwich away from being a refrigerator, uh, Devin Funches, guys that don't ring the, the, the bell no. of people that you're going to think of as dynamic, you know, receivers. And now you and get he, and you're right, and Olsen, and Henry. But, but Brady's tight end was much better. And right. he had the great, the best, probably the best running, well, one of the best running backs in the game, but not for long. How long is he, did he play with McCaffrey? Not long. No, two, um, basically a year because he was year. hurt all last year. So, yeah. 
but but and here's the other thing, um, mute is I was thinking he's damaged goods, and as I said yesterday, I've said forever is if you're if you get hurt, if you're injury prone in your twenties, you're not going to be healthy in your thirties. You're not going to turn into an Iron Man. But I looked it up, and uh, he had that foot injury last year. Played two games, but in his first eight years, he missed five games. He didn't, you know, he wasn't uh, uh, injured every year. He wasn't missing long stretches or seasons. Uh, he was pretty durable, and I know it's hard to stay. You know, he's he's not going to play till he's forty three because he right. runs and he ducks his, and he puts his head down and runs too often and he gets hit and he's one of those kind of guys, but. It's not like he was uh, he was hurt every year. He wasn't. Right. Um, Your best ability is availability, right? And he had that the shoulder injury. He played through that until it got to to the end where it was painful to watch him play. Um, when they he, they were still Carolina was still in the hunt. And let's not forget this. What's the most important thing in this game is winning and right and getting to the playoffs. So Cam Newton's been to the playoffs. You know, is his first three years, his third year, he took his team to the Super Bowl, missed the next year, then gets in in 2017, and and then obviously he he carried he went as far as he could in 18 before his shoulder couldn't do it anymore. They started out that season on fire until he got hurt. I think it was the right. other Watt brother that hurt him. Um, and then last year he missed after two games. You know, so he he's a guy that's proven he can win. He's proven he can win without great offensive talent around him, which the Patriots we agree don't have. Besides baby Julian Edelman, and even though he's 34 years old, uh, so he's proven he can win. He's an athletic talent. He's got something to prove. You just kind of check all the boxes as to things as, as what you would want in this situation. And I think it's uh, I think it's it's worked out and it looks like it's going to work out if he if he's healthy um, and is able to come in and all from all indications he is. Then this is this is a home run, I think, for both. Parties. And, and, the, and the best part about him, the best thing about him is he's not. Uh, Colin Kaepernick. That's my favorite thing about him. He's not Colin. <laughs> I can't Kaepernick. wait till till Cam comes into one of those uh, post game conferences and some of those one of those suits, and then you're going to buy one of those and get one of those because you want to be like Cam Newton. You're going to be like maybe it? a big fedora hat with the big feather sticking out or something. The, the, I, I, you do that, Jerry. I think it was our sure. Charlotte, Charlotte Wilder yesterday pointed out that uh, New England's going to get a lot more fashionable with Cam Newton yeah. as it, as if Tom Brady isn't like right. That's the, the most fashionable man on earth. By the way, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Brady leaves, and we actually got weirder. Uh, the quarterback position in New England actually got weirder, which didn't seem possible. I'm growing, Brady, I'm growing my hair out because I want, I want that style that Cam Newton. Yeah, got. well, you know, know, you know who else is psyched? And they need all the help that they can get is Kevin Plank at Under Armour because you get another Under Armour quarterback in in town in a big market. That's true. That's so right. they made that together. Cam, and Cam Newton and Tom Brady are yeah. the two big Under Armour guys. So. uh you know, you lose Tom here, but then you gain Cam Newton. And trust me, that that matters for, you know, especially for retail stores like that, like Under Armour, I'm sure. You he know, gets they're, really they're backing out of some deals. They need some cash. We That's right. He gets really annoyed at the media. We've seen it a few times. We saw him walk off the stage after the Super Bowl when he was asked about, you know, jumping oh, on that, uh, not oh, jumping on that fumble. That was a terrible that moment. That was a bullshit question in that, that time. I would have I would have done the same thing. Oh, please. I mean, the was, other thing is you were listening to to the team whooping it up right next door. I mean, that was terrible press planning. They were right next door to the to the Broncos, and they were, he was listening to the celebration as that was going on. And as your competitor, I, I, I would have been kind of making well. excuses. He failed to jump on a uh, fumble in the Super Bowl, and it's a really, really embarrassing video. It, I mean – I love the signing, but that it was a low moment. I, I wonder 
I've seen the media, and it's not as tough as it used to be. God knows, uh, not even close, especially down in Foxborough. I mean, they're generally pretty uh, don't think. easy on the on the team, if not supportive of the team. But when he gets flustered or gets annoyed, gets or, or aggravated with the media, do you do you think it affects him? Like this, I've seen it ruin you know baseball players like in Boston, you know Carl Crawford or Matt Young, guys that just can't handle it here. I assume that uh, that Cam Newton doesn't let it, you know, derail him when the media yeah. is kind of tough on him. I don't see that with him at all. He he doesn't. I mean, he's. I think he's a very honest guy. I think he's emotional and he's honest, and he wants to. It just you get that vibe from him um, that he, he speaks from the heart, and I think he's he's also able to just kind of cut it off i think when he when he gets into one of those situations he'll just pull the uh we're on the cincinnati move yeah. the company line and just just walk out which is you know he may not handle it as eloquently as brady does but brady had a good job of diffusing or ignoring a lot of situations and giving the company line and cam has done that at times i think he may you know at some point be a little bit more honest but i bet he'll be a little more uh, held back here at first because I think he'll, he's going to want to try to figure everybody out and see he, who he can trust and who he's trying out to get him. And then right. he'll, you'll see a little bit more of his personality. I, I hope he doesn't have any of those rogue workouts like Tom Brady, you know, put everybody in jeopardy, have a couple of teammates yep. over for a catch like Brady's done. And God knows he's going to kill everybody in Florida before he's done, Brady. All right, today's show is brought to you by Flagship Wealth. I'm actually joined by Dave McDonough, a man I have known for 10 years. Dave, you're here with us. We've given away hundreds of those free reports on flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. So if you want one, go there. But I wanted to tell my story and then bring you in on it. When I got fired by Entercom, which a lot of people who listen to this podcast, uh, they know about. Thank you, Alan Dershowitz. My family had four 401ks that were not being actively managed. I spoke to this man, Dave why do people have to have an advisor who actively manages their 401k? Well, David, first of all, it's simplicity. With four different custodians, that's four different 800 numbers, four different asset allocations. As we say at the flagship, you want all your ships sailing in the same direction. And let's talk about your beneficiaries on that. If you need to call these four different companies, can you imagine if you passed away what your beneficiaries would have to go through just to get their hands on this money? Consolidation, one person to talk to, that's why you need to consolidate your assets. When I started with those companies, literally all they asked me was, when do you plan to retire? And they probably put me into some mutual fund that's just based off a of time horizon. Nonsense talk. Go work with somebody who knows what they're doing. That's what I did. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. You can speak directly to Dave McDonough as well. He's the founder of Flagship Wealth. Dave, thank you for that information. We're going to it. We've given away hundreds. We're going to give away hundreds more because I do ad reads better than anybody else in the podcasting business, right? David, I couldn't agree with you more. Fiveshipwealth.com slash retirement. Member FINRA, SIPC. Quick question for Cullinane. Cullinane's, you know, the radio guy. Yes. Are you paying attention today or are you napping like you were yesterday? Oh, I'm paying attention. I'm in the same room. I'm, I'm in the same room here as mute. I'm paying attention. I'm surprised uh, we haven't gotten to mute suspension yet and why he hasn't been here on the show. <laughs> He's been, he was canceled for 90 days yeah, and we're not, we haven't even gotten to it. I yeah, we don't want, we didn't want him to get canceled. That was, that was, we don't want to tell people that he was the one applying blackface to Alyssa Milano. We don't want to, you're, uh, your buddy Cullinane, who idolizes you, was uh, afraid yeah. that uh, the host of this 
little podcast was going to put you in a tough spot and force you to say things that might uh, get you in trouble, but we right. can get into that. My question for Cullinane. <laughs> yes. Uh, I've already predicted Cam Newton's going to win more games than Brady. He's going to win the division. He's going to go to the playoffs. He's going to have a good year. He's going to be durable. He's going to play every, every Sunday. Do you think he could, could he do, could his most incredible accomplishment here, could he save WEEI? That's the question. Could he save? Yeah. Oh, will wow. he be doing the, will he be doing the Monday morning interviews? He has to. <laughs> yes. I guess. Yeah. Well, I don't Does think they have to. They no. could. Why couldn't they just do it with one of the McCourty brothers? Yeah. I was actually thinking, I was sitting here. They get the quarterback. It's in the contract. We, when okay. Brady was suspended, oh, we had Jacoby Brissett and, uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo. And before, you know, you always get the quarterback. Yeah. As we started the show today, I was looking over at mute, actually breaking down football and thinking how shitty our life would be if you were talking to Andy Hart right now. But <laughs> I, I do, I do think Cam Newton, Cam Newton in interviews would be actually way better than Brady's, I would assume. He can't contain himself when somebody starts. I'm not. I'm not saying he's crazy, but I think he's going to go off the cuff. I, I mean, I think he'll be more. he'll be coached up, and they'll yeah. tell him, you know, we don't want you to say anything. And Greg Hill has a lot more balls than Jerry Callahan. He'll ask a tough question every now and then. So, <laughs> ask him about yeah. uh, first question will be about his hat, some hat that he wears in a post game press conference. I mean, you know, tell us about that hat. But uh, Which, by we'll the way, isn't the demi- I mean, I, I don't know how far isn't the demise of WEI. This don't ratings come out this week, so I think we'll know about the demise of WEI very soon. I don't, I don't think we'll get to the NFL season. Let's put it that way. I'm not sure they can get any any worse than they were last month, but yeah, uh, we'll find out. out. In solidarity, I haven't I haven't turned on Nesson all since I've been uh, in the, at least the you, last two you months. and everybody else. Yeah, I've watching the old games to pay people's bills, yeah. sort of thing. Which, by the way, I saw. Uh, I think it was Dave O'Brien a video the other day. Day, saying yeah. that they're going to do all the broadcasts from the Nesson studio. Can you not safeguard the broadcasters to go into the booth at Fenway Park with no fans? Like, what's the big deal? I guess it yeah. doesn't matter anyway. Well, but. I was, you know, it's 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 interesting to see because we've heard, you know, obviously I do the BC games with with your guy Meter. Um, I've heard preliminary stuff that even for us for travel games, it's like you you fly out instead of either you're flying out late the day uh the day before the game and then everyone's in quarantine they get your they test you or give your temperature once you get out and you have to stay in the hotel like usually when you go on the road games you're able to go out yep. and do this and before you go in the stadium you get temperature but again you're, if you you're, have going. It, you're you're isolated but you're going that's, you're not going that's just plan one there's yeah. a bunch of other contingency plans but that is one where you're isolated. i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you i mean from here there's 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 talk of everything I'm gonna we'll we'll, we'll uh, see if BC wants to go with the Clemson plan, but I'm gonna get to that. We're gonna get to the Clemson plan, according to our uh, our old friend Boomer Size. It's a pretty amazing thing, but it's a good point, Colin. It, so so an announcer can't sit in a booth. Isn't a booth by design a pretty sterile place, a pretty safe place? What, what's, Hell, the, what's the difference could, between walking to the booth at Fenway Park or walking in the front door of Nesson? Like what, what's touching the, the elevator buttons? Have you been in the elevators, Jerry? How many people have touched those buttons? True. Well, you got to walk. You got to walk up the ramps. Then and you know what? The yeah. announcers they just go with young announcers. Go with you know, younger announcers. The, don't put old guys in that position. I stopped watching Nesson when uh, Tom Karen confessed to being racist. Uh, I said, enough of this. Can't do it. No, Can't do no. it. Yeah. Hell, I haven't watched ESPN. I put ESPN I haven't on. turned on ESPN either. I, I wanted to watch the uh, all this Cam Newton coverage. It's the first time I put it on in three months. It's th- There's no reason to watch unless you want to hear, you know, all Max Kellerman and Tony Kornheiser talk about how black lives matter to them, you know, and how 
Isn't it an indictment on ESPN when one of the, I mean, I would say Will Kane was a star and a rising star there. And he mm-hmm. goes to, he goes to Fox news on the weekends. I know. Here, like That's crazy. You know, that sounds more of like doesn't like the agenda versus the. Oh, right. sure. But I'm just saying but, he thinks it's a better career move right now for him to go work weekends on Fox News than be anywhere near ESPN. I, I, I yeah. reached out. I did your job. I reached out to, to, to Will Kane and see if yep. we can get him on. I, I think he's going to lay low, but it's a good point by mute is he has a great had a great gig at ESPN. I mean, he was doing a radio show, he was doing yep. TV, he was arguing, you know, he was like the third man in and. uh on Stephen A. Smith's show, and he was, you know, kind of a moderate, not real hard right zealot like me, but he was a moderate, which is, you know, in, the, in ESPN's world, if you're a moderate, you're a you're a right winger because they're all, I mean, across the board, they're all moon bats, you know, they're all uh, lefties, and uh, I thought he had a good gig there. He's probably making good money, and he's going to Fox and Friends on weekends, which maybe this is. I was thinking about this, Dave, is that he probably sees like the opening to slide over to weekdays on Fox and friends, which is a yeah. huge deal. I mean, it's, it's the show, you know, Trump wakes up with every morning and, and that's where he gets all his uh, information. And uh, Steve Ducey, Steve Ducey's getting old. I think he might be almost done. Maybe he thinks he slides over to Fox and friends. On oh, I don't weekdays. know. If he's, I don't know if he's the best comparison, but didn't Tucker Carlson start with Fox news on weekends. Now, granted, Tucker Carlson has been on every cable right. news outlet anyway but i'm just but it, it does seem to be a breeding ground and and they move quick it seems like and he's conservative and he's good looking guy he's like a tv guy now and i mean and i think i think he sees the future much brighter over at uh, fox than he did at espn maybe it was just nothing to do at espn what the hell do they do nowadays yeah <laughs> I, I, the only thing i've really watched is the golf and that's just on the, like the golf I know, I know. everything they uh well then you have wait whitlock and clay travis what's the name of that that new outlet oh, they started that on that one that's a that's that's an interesting spin i was surprised that willow uh went from fox to that i was i was shocked he was a big star there he was the main guy in their uh, fs1 he was he was big and that and he he's not afraid to speak his mind he is a i like to read him i like to read people that uh from both sides just to get it and i think uh he he has some interesting takes that he's obviously made me say hmm to a couple things and i said this uh, the other day he is pushing back against this uprising, you oh. know, more, harder than anybody, or I should say, Tucker's pushing back harder than anybody. Right. But Whitlock is right there uh, with him, and he's only writing columns now for I Kick. He's like writing every day, and they're excellent. Right. He's a contrarian. He went after boy you know, though. He went after him hard. Yes, know, he goes after him hard. He's, he's a contrarian. He goes yeah. against the grain. He's moving uh, from uh, L.A. To, to Nashville to work with Clay Travis. So. They got a good thing going. We'll see how that goes. Um, he said that he said he goes. He he's always said that Kaepernick was not about playing. He was about the the show and the spectacle. And right. he's yep. written about that. Yep. And he's called him out. And when Cam signed, he was you know you get the one side where Richard Sherman and those guys are saying for this money it's ridiculous, and then you get Whitlock saying on the other side it's like. This guy is talking about playing football and proving himself. He's not talking about making this stance. This is what his goal is, and this is what he's doing. If Kaepernick really wanted to play, he would have done something similar. Yes, that was a and that was that was, was, that was a very shrewd take. And he, it's not a popular take. It's not at all. And I give him a lot of credit for saying that because uh, because that's that's the point he's been trying to make throughout this whole thing. And I think uh, it's really it's an interesting take. 
It's a, it's an excellent take because think about it. Uh, Cam Newton's accomplished much, much more than Colin Kaepernick. Uh, you know, he's won an MVP. He, you know, he's a number one pick, a Heisman winner, uh, three-time pro bowler. And you're saying if he, you know, if you really want to play, you got to, you know, swallow your pride and play for less. You got to take a fraction of what, uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor, Ryan Tannehill's making. Right. Newton did it. We don't think I'm convinced, 100% convinced that Colin Kaepernick wouldn't do it. He wouldn't. He doesn't really want to play. I've said the same thing Whitlock's said. I've said it for years. He's much more comfortable being a martyr. He doesn't have to do anything. And Nike gives him millions. He's become a, an icon. We'll get to the, uh, to the uh, bar stool, uh, um, uh, Mia Culpa's yesterday. Yeah, there's a lot I of lines into that. The, the only guy I feel worse for in all this is poor Chase Daniel. Guy's just a career backup who people pay a lot of money because he's familiar with a lot of systems, and now everyone's just taking shots at the poor son of a bitch online. Like, they're like he's making more money than this, and this guy combined, and Cam Newton and this are making more. And Chase Daniel, they're just showing him sitting there. He's like, if someone's going to pay you money, what are you going to say? No. I mean, yes, if you're Kaepernick, you say, if you're Kaepernick, you say no, because you're making a great living doing right. nothing. And his star just continues to rise. You'll see it in August, September. You know, it's going to be one tribute to Kaepernick after well, another. He's getting the, uh, he's getting the Netflix uh, series. Oh, yeah. Don't you see that? That's a six a part Netflix series. series, a six part Netflix series about his high school days, yep. which as somebody mm. pointed out was the last time he was a really good quarterback, so it makes sense. But I know that feeling. Well, actually, Mute, actually, <laughs> Mute's tapped in, by the way. Mute's tapped into the Patriots front office. We should have him send JT the Bricks tweet. Did you, you, did you see this tweet yesterday? I did not. Okay, so he claims that the Patriots are talking to Kaepernick about a role in the organization, not on the football field. Think about that. That's the that craziest like thing stretch. I've ever heard. The craziest thing. It's one thing if Goodell hired him as right. like some chief ambassador of something. It's another thing for that's the move I would expect. Yes. And you're going to, you're going to, that is, that. that is, t- and that's total Goodell ish to just hire yeah, him. That's too much too corporate for, uh, for Kaepernick. He wants to be the rebel. You know, he wants to continue to, to, to get away with what he gets away with. Hating well, cops. Let's, let's let's also understand that Roger Goodell, although the commissioner, is the mouthpiece for the owners. And I can't imagine a lot of owners are really happy with Colin Kaepernick right now that they would want him working in that capacity. Uh, right. They may say it, but I think, you know, Jerry Jones and, and company are not really for what he's the attention that he's brought to the NFL and all that. I think that uh, I don't know if they'd really be that keen to giving them. And I think he won a settlement, too. So they're like, wait, we just gave him money in a settlement. Now you want to give him another job that doesn't that I don't think with these billionaire owners in the NFL, they'd be really psyched about doing that. It's gotten to the point where you can't criticize Kaepernick. Kaepernick can criticize anyone he wants, you know, corporate America. He can criticize cops. You can't say a a, a negative word about the guy. He has won. He is the, uh, you know, the lead, the lead voice. I shouldn't say lead voice because he doesn't say anything. The lead personality in uh, this culture war we're in, and he's beyond reproach. It's like Black Lives Matter. You can't criticize them or you get uh, labeled. And if you're a corporation, you know, you get doxxed and boycotted and, you, you you know, you lose, you could lose what your if, business. What uh, if a team just signed him and, and just, you know, just I, I, some rogue owner or somebody just decides to sign Colin Kaepernick and be like, all right, you're going to play. And then he falls flat on his face. Which he would, yes. So then, what happens after that? Do all the do all the other people he, say, "Oh, it's because he's been out of the league for a while," 
oh, he's not a good quarterback or the narrative gets kind it's, of in the way and then he lose all the, he loses all the momentum that he has right now. I, uh, I don't at, after being away for what this is three or four years. I mean, it's each year you're away, it gets tougher and tougher to come back. I, I think that for him, he shouldn't come back because it'll only the reality yeah. will only be worse. Uh, if he goes out and tries to play right now, that's, that, that's your answer. Him. That's your answer right there, mute. It's a rhetorical question. He will not come back um, because he wants to leave. You know, the mystery out there is how you know, how good would he have been? I mean, he yeah. knows if he comes back now, he's a part time player because he's got other interests, and that's not how it works in the NFL. Your quarterback's got to be completely invested. He wouldn't be. He would fall on his face, and he doesn't want to risk it. He's not going to risk it. I mean, I don't blame him. I wouldn't do it either. Why ruin why ruin that moment in your platform that you have right now by going out and not playing well? I wouldn't do it either. Because if you love the sport, if you love playing quarterback, I, I assume Newton wants to play quarterback. And, right. you know, Brady, Brady said many times he loves it. He's going to play as long as he can. If he loved it, he would come back. I, I can't imagine watching a six-part series about too many guys' high school days. This guy, I have no interest. Uh, it's amazing, though. As I said yesterday, they're canceling, you know, all these TV shows and and uh, pulling them from Hulu and all these other, uh, you know, the, the cops is gone and Live PD is gone. But now we get a six part series on Colin Kaepernick in high school. Who the hell has any interest in that? Honest to God. But um, we will I get. I'm going to watch Outer Banks reruns. That's for me. And that's like that's a good show. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe I'll watch just to make fun of it because it's gonna. I mean, what are we gonna see who he went to the prom with? I mean, we're gonna find out like what grades he got in high school. I'm sure he was a hell of a player. How in he high was school. So was yeah, Scott Newton. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Great All American. Don't forget about. It. <laughs> I don't. No offense, mute. I don't really have any interest in seeing the six part series on your high school days either. But not offended. Uh, I did have great we, hair back then. It was nice. We got a lot. We got a lot to get to. We got a lot to get to because we brought mute out of uh, out of mothballs. Brought him back. Uh, I, I got to get your take on Boomer Esiason's uh, uh, <laughs> Esiason's take on the uh, current state of college football and, and the virus. It's an interesting one to say the least, but first let me do shake concrete. Let me tell you about shake concrete. It's a fourth generation owned and operated business is working hard day in and day out to be your trusted precast concrete partner, a local company, but they're all over New England. They have four state of the art manufacturing facilities. You know where they are all over the place. They are cranking. They didn't miss a beat. They didn't shut down. They're essential. Trust me. They're essential, and they are kicking ass as always. If you're a contractor, here are some of the things the product shake and deliver to your job site ready for installation. Water and wastewater products, underground stormwater systems, stairs and bulkheads, deck footings, electrical and communication products. The list goes on and on. These guys can do it all. If you're an engineer, shake and help you design your next project. They have a whole fleet whole room full of wonks, smart engineers that can help you get the job done. Give them a call for more information or for an estimate or just log on to shakeconcrete.com. Or if you're looking for a job, they're looking for CDL drivers. They're looking for uh, production personnel also at all their plants all over the place. So maybe one's convenient for you. They're also looking for an engineer estimator in Rochester. If you're interested in any of these openings, you can go to their website at shayconcrete.com or you can send them uh, your resume at jobs at shayconcrete.com. 
Back in February, when COVID-19 was a distant concept to most Americans, gold was in the $1,500 range. The Dow was over 29000 Today, as the virus tears apart the economy, gold is over $1,700. And the Dow's up, what, over 27000 Major market disruptions favor gold. Instability, uncertainty, and impending inflation favor gold. If you have not diversified some of your savings into gold, there's no better time than today. Protect your savings from any further setbacks in the stock market. Gold is a safe haven against uncertainty. And the company that I trust with precious metal purchases is Birch Gold Group. And right now, thanks to a little-known IRS tax law, you can even move your IRA or eligible 401k into an IRA backed by physical gold and silver. It's perfect for those who want to protect their hard-earned retirement savings from any more downturn in stocks. Look back historically, when the bottom falls out of everything else, gold tends to be safeguard savings. Contact Birch Gold Group to request a free info kit on physical precious metals. See if diversifying into gold and silver makes sense for you. This comprehensive 20-page kit reveals how gold and silver can protect your savings and how you can legally move your IRA or 401k out of risky stocks and bonds and into precious metals IRA. To get your no-cost, no-obligation kit, go to birchgold.com slash jerry. That's B-I-R-C-H gold.com slash G-E-R-R-Y. All right, here's, um, uh, we know we know the um, the virus is spiking. Hell, last time we were on with you, Mute, it was all virus talk all the time. You know, yeah. then, then came the insurrection. Then came, uh, you know, the, the death of George Floyd and everything changed. It was... At that point, you weren't supposed to do anything. Go to church. You couldn't go to a restaurant. You couldn't go to gym. You couldn't go outside. You couldn't do anything without a mask. Then George Floyd died in Minneapolis, and it became okay to hit the streets with hundreds of thousands of people and protest and riot and loot. It changed everything. The virus, as we know, does not affect protesters. If you're out there you know, for a righteous, it affects you if you're protesting to open the economy. Those guys were evil and, and selfish. If you're out there protesting systematic racism or systemic racism, you're okay. It doesn't affect you. But it does apparently affect college football players. The uh, teams have gotten yeah, can I, can I ask, Before you go to this, can I ask a question for you? Do you think, is it possible, is it possible that after all these, the protests, that the the, the movements, Antifa movements and everything and Black Lives Matter. Do you think that it's possible that all these people decided to migrate to the states where that were opened so that they could raise and bump the rates of the coronavirus? Do you think that's something that would people would do? Do you think it's it's plausible? Well, what are you talking about? Who would move? I'm talking there? about like all the people that were at the mass protests, right? So they right. had all these groups of people together. There's probably spreading the virus, right? And right. then all of a sudden they go from those rallies and then they go back to like to the Floridas and the Texases of the world, maybe the red states to bump the numbers up to make it look worse and cause more panic. Ah, I don't know what that's that's a little crazy. That's crazier than Boomer Sison's theory. <laughs> and, and right there is why we suspended mute for 90 days right there. See, I, I do think there's much more testing. And so we're getting much more positive cases. That doesn't matter. I, I mean, I saw this guy. I don't know if you ever see Dr. Scott Atlas. He's a Stanford guy, a think tank guy. He's, he's been on a lot of talk shows. He was on last night on Fox, and he said, this is a good thing. 
This is a good thing. It's going to run its course. It's going to run through the younger population. It's not killing people. Deaths are down, way down, down like 80%. Deaths are what matter. We have the, uh, we know now, we learned from Killer Cuomo in New York that you can't put coronavirus patients back in nursing homes or you kill people. Cuomo has killed thousands of people in New York. I think even he has learned the error of his ways. Even, you know, Charlie Baker and the rest of the frauds who are uh, leading the lockdown have learned that you've got to protect the vulnerable and it doesn't really matter if 20 year olds get it. Now, um, the numbers in certain places, Texas, Florida, the numbers of positives are way up, but most of the people testing positive are between 25 and 45. Most of them have no symptoms. (laughs) They're not sick. They don't even have the flu. I mean, there are people now they're testing positive or they're testing for the antibodies, meaning they had it. And they're saying, wow, I didn't know I had it. That's the way it works for young people. That's why it's so insane. And Scott Atlas was pointing out the utter insanity of shutting down schools. I mean, some people, are UMass Boston announced they're shutting down in the fall. Students, 18-year-olds aren't going to go back to school. Right. It's madness. Bowden but, shut down all their sports, I believe, fall sports and winter sports. Who did? Bowden College. Jesus. Yeah, they uh, shut those down as well. And uh, it, you are seeing that the younger population. But I think the, the interesting kind of thing to follow is because it's the only sports things going on is you're seeing in the PGA Tour where the guys are testing positive uh, that have had it. And even the one guy, Dylan Fratelli, who pr- tested positive yesterday, basically said, I, I don't feel bad i don't really have any symptoms and and the guys that have had it i think a lot of them have said that they they didn't feel bad or something minor or the fever that that comes with it um that that's incurred i think that the fact that that's getting public attention helps maybe ease some of the panic for some people that if they get it they realize for some reason there's just this this feeling that if you get the coronavirus you're going to die and i I just think that Uh, that i mean not anymore you think these people still think that way i mean if they are then what the hell are they doing read a story Read the watch the news. I mean, Jesus, people, people are scared shitless. Yeah, people are scared shitless. They're they're watching Baker. They're watching their local officials. Officials do do exactly what we've been saying the last few months. Just scare the shit out of people on a daily basis. That's what's happening. Uh, there was one player. I forget which player was. Uh, he had symptoms, so he played by himself. They had. A, he was a single the other day in uh, on that PG in uh, Cromwell in the PGA Tour. Yeah. Uh, but uh, another guy's uh, caddy tested positive. So I think he had to play alone or whatever, quarantine as well. But it doesn't matter. Positive tests don't matter. In fact, some people say they're good. They will, it will, gets us closer to herd immunity when you have uh, so many people who've had it. Uh, the virus ends up hitting a dead end and can go no further. That's a good thing. But I heard about teams like Alabama and Clemson and others getting together. They have hundred, I don't know, whatever, 120, 130 guys and a number of them testing positive. And, and and you're right. I mean, there are people who are stupid, who are ill-informed and say, oh, my God, shut it down, shut it all down. They tested positive. And then you hear from someone like Boomer Esiason who says, maybe they're doing it by design. They're doing it on purpose for two reasons, at least two reasons. One, you mentioned before we started recording that if they're on campus, if they're with the you know, the medical staff, they're in better hands than they would be at home with mom, with grandma, with grandpa, you know, with uncles and aunts. They're they're among young people who are not going to die, who probably won't even get symptoms. That's one reason. But more importantly, 
they get it over with in June or July. That way there is no outbreak in the locker room, you know, in October or November when they're fighting for a national title. Yeah, I think with with this, it's almost like they're treating it like the chicken pox. They're, if they really feel that you can't, you know, when you were younger and you get chicken pox in your house, everyone would go there just so they could get it and get it over with. So you didn't have to deal with it in separate outbreaks. And and I think that that that's a that's a that's an interesting take because of the fact is why not get it done and over with in, in training camp right now while you have everyone there with better, better facilities um, you don't they're they're exposed with teammates the the restrictions for for these guys and just from talking to some some college coaches is you know you have to figure out how to put guys in in rooms together you can only put four guys in a room but do you want to put starters together do you want to put position groups guys together because if one of those guys gets sick right. then you're going to isolate the whole room so they're there and they're not even like they're working out this isn't training camp yet they're just kind of working out so why wouldn't you do this just so it can get over and done with. You're going to have unbelievable medical care, especially at Clemson. The facilities and, and the, the the resources there are way better than if they were at home where they'd have to self-monitor or, you know, be also around all their family members. I just think it's if it's going to run its course, then let it run its course, because that seems to be um, the, the way to do it. Because then, then everyone's going to get back at, and have the ability to just move on and go past it. But if you just kind of wait for the Grim Reaper to come, <laughs> then it's eventually well, going yeah, to I think you have to take everybody's uh, take on this with a grain of salt. Because many people, especially in the media and in politics, have one goal in mind. And that is to bring down the evil orange man, to stop Trump. And if there's a big outbreak in the fall, that's good for Biden, bad for Trump. And they don't like people like, uh, you know, like uh, Dabo Sweeney, who's religious. And he'll say, you know, God is looking out for us. They hate that. The media, the general in the you know, ESPN, those guys, they hate, you know, religious people. They hate Southern white guys anyway. So they don't like a guy like Dabo. They're wishing the worst for him. But when the reaction is, it's uh, you can't play. You got this outbreak. Send them all home. You got to stop and think about the, you know, the practical you know, the uh, um, uh, unintended consequences. If you do that, I mean, that's dangerous. Sending them home. intended consequences. That's not unintended. <laughs> right. if you send that's them true. home. You're going there. You're, if they've been exposed to someone that has been exposed to the virus, then you are putting them back into the population to only make it worse. That's and how you, it works. I mean, you know, out lots of, lot. so why not isolate them there in the best possible place and, and do it? And if they get it now, you can you you control them. You can control their there's the symptoms, the outbreak. You can give them the best health care that they can get and then it can move on. It's it, I think it's people are naive to think that it's not going to spread um, in in those situations because they're healthy athletes. But what needs to be monitored is what happens. Okay, these are the guys that have had it. These are the guys that have tested positive. Here's where it started. Here are the symptoms that they had. Here are the consequences of what happened. You know, this guy had trouble breathing. This guy's still struggling. This guy lost some weight. This guy lost weight. This guy, you know, I don't think he was on a ventilator, but I mean, you got, I want to see the, the end results after they come out of these two weeks. I want to see, you know, what happened. And I think a lot of that will help maybe relieve some of the fears to people and, and college football in general uh, to see what they can do. Yeah, and I, I wonder if that would be considered unethical. If it's, I mean, no coach is going to admit, yeah, we're trying to get our guys sick. 
No, but no if way. you said <laughs> we, no way. We, did this, we did the story one day of these prisoners, I think they're out in California and they were trying they knew that guys who tested positive were being released. Um, everyone's being released. Roger Stone's in jail, but all the criminals are being released because they might get the virus. Anyway, they were like spitting in into styrofoam cups and breathing it in, hoping to get the virus so they could get released. If you're a college football player and you want to get it over with, how do you get it? How do, do you like uh, just stand close to someone who has it? Do you have them breathe on you? What is the technique? I, I, that's the way it's spread, right? <laughs> Through uh, it's airborne, and it's whether I, you have them. So, oh, you, you, oh, you, you got the virus. Come on, you. breathe on me, brother. Yeah. Breathe on me. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Come here and give me a hug or something. I don't, I don't know. Uh, or it, it lives on surfaces, but only for a certain amount of time. But uh, I don't know. I guess that's the way. I guess there's a lot of group hugs. Maybe some if group Dabo says that. Get if Dabo and was, coughing on each other. That's the best way to do it. If, if Dabo probably, or, or, or Nick Saban or any of these, prom- if they say, yes, we are uh, hoping our guys get it and get through it and get it over with. It'll be it'll be a national scandal. They'll be like class action lawsuit coming right at you. Here it comes, right. and they're gonna have every college football player sign it. And 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 you can see that side of it. It doesn't it doesn't not make sense. And there's no way that they're going to admit it. But I think I think the way to go about it and the and the way to to do it is they're they're trying to. I think a lot of this is flying by you know from talking to the coaches. A lot of it is they're uncertain too. They don't know what to do, and they're really handcuffed as to what they can do, um, and how they and how they have practices and how they try to get ready for this season with this virus around. That they just they just don't know what to do. They're literally figuring it out as they go. The the plan is not, there's no plan. They just have there's there's five to six plans that are you know ready to be implemented. But there's no certainty that any one of them work or more effective than the other. It should be one simple rule. Everybody reports, say they've already reported or the report in July or whenever, you know, Division three, the report in August. You report and you don't go home again until after Thanksgiving. You don't go home. You stay there. If you get sick, uh, if you get the virus, you stay there. If you don't, you stay there. You don't go spread it to the vulnerable population. You stay among the uh, low risk uh, people, young people, healthy people in, in, on campus, in the locker room, just stay among your, um, uh, you know, among your peers and, and get it over with. So we'll, we'll see. Football is Do we have probably the harder. Is, is Colony napping again? Is he still there? Oh, he's got it teed up right yeah, here. You want this bad boy? <laughs> I want to hear, I want to hear what Boomer had to say. Cause I just read it. I didn't actually hear my man Boomer. Here's one other thing. And I don't, I, I got to be really careful uh, careful here because I, I don't want to say that this is an accusation. I don't want to. I, I just w- was thinking the other day about what what is going on <clears throat> with the SEC teams down south and, and, and Clemson included, who's obviously an ACC team. A lot of their players are coming down with COVID-19, oddly enough. So are they well, trying to herd immunity their teams so these guys can get sick now as opposed to getting sick during the college football season if, in fact, there is one? And I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't put it past any of those guys down there. Sure. I mean, that's one of the first things I said about Belichick. I said I watched Belichick get his whole team sick so when the season rolls around, everybody's been through it already. Like, he would be the guy that would do that. So, And I was I was saying that facetiously, but 
I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I I, I think it's going on. I I honestly, the numbers coming out of like, you know, Alabama, LSU, and Clemson, all these teams, it's too much of a coincidence. Uh, What's your take on that mute since I couldn't hear it? But uh, let me, uh, does it sound plausible? I mean, it was just, it was just what we were talking about. It's, it's, getting herd immunity for your team so you have it now so you don't have to deal with it during the season during October when you're making a championship run and with the 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 thing is that money talks here like everyone wants to like talk about you you know oh well we're we're for the better for the better good but all a lot of these institutions rely on this NCAA college football money to run run their schools not just their athletic program run their schools and if you're not getting money coming in from those TV contracts, from those ticket sales, from the merchandise sales, from the beverage sales, then you're not getting revenues coming into your school. And uh, you're, I'm not being vain in saying that, that that matters is that that's that's a huge factor into this. So if you don't think that these college coaches who are getting paid to coach college football games and won't get paid if they're not playing games, if you don't think that they're going to try and control the narrative in their teams because they have the power over them to do that, and this is something that they wouldn't think of doing, then I think we're kind of naive or stupid because yeah. I think that's a, I think it's very plausible and it's a very, 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 uh, you know, probable that this is, that this could be happening. Well, I, well, I think, I think it'll happen. But, but the, uh, first of all, again, the media wants this to be a big problem. They want it to uh, hurt the economy, hurt the country, hurt Trump. And the first, you know, 400, well, say 370 pound, you know, nose guard or offensive lineman, who gets it and is hospitalized and on a ventilator or worse has lung damage, then it's over. Then, then, you know, college football coaches are, are in trouble because they didn't take it seriously enough. That's how long this, this mentality, this approach would last until there is one player who is seriously ill. Yeah, that's, that's a fact. And, you know, then it's over. The underlying health symptoms, uh, if you have them, that, that could play a factor into it. And may, yeah, if you are, if you're, yeah, if you're that nose guard or that offensive lineman that maybe is a little overweight and then they get this and then they get some lung damage because of it or they have to be on a ventilator, you bet this is going to be a massive issue. But I wouldn't put it past these college football coaches. I mean, you, we've seen other things that they've done in the past that this isn't that outlandish of a thought for them to try and get their whole team exposed to this so that they can move on with the rest of their season and go play. Right. I'm sure they think of it as just another distraction and they got to get past. Absolutely. They don't view it as this. They they probably call it this COVID thing. That's probably what it's referred to in all these meetings. It's interesting that some teams, uh, MLB, Major League Baseball teams, are not uh, welcoming their coaches who are older. I think the Twins announced a couple of coaches could not report when the team reports. Um, I, I think they'll do the same thing in the NBA. If coach is over 60, he's not. Invited, you know, stay home, stay safe. Same with, I assume, college coaches. There aren't many, you know, over 60, but there are some uh, or fat ones, you know, big fat ones. Um, um, But um, uh, the Red Sox manager, he's he's older, Renicky, I guess he's the manager. Is he still the manager? I don't even know. Um, He's going to report. You get you get some old guy uh, tests. Test positive, gets hospitalized, everything changes. It doesn't feel like an issue now because the players are, for the most part, safe. They're not vulnerable, but some of the coaches. If they haven't quit already, three of them already said they're not even playing, right? That's right. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, Ian Desmond's announced uh, Rockies. 
Ian Desmond announced there he's not going to play because there aren't enough black players. So I guess. Uh, well, I saw that Ryan Zimmerman said he wasn't playing. Mike Leak, the Diamondbacks are like losing half their team. Yeah, it doesn't sound like the players are that uh, gung ho to have this uh, whatever it is sixty game season in MLB, which is fine with me. As I've said, I, I you know it all depends on football. Football is the is the sport that matters the most, as always. And in this case, football, if they start on time, if they can play a normal season, in depending, uh, no matter how many people are in the stands, it'll really have a feel of uh, normalcy. And like they're 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 going to be the ones bringing us all back as a country. Football, and there are a lot of people rooting against them. Everyone who's rooting against Trump will be rooting against you know the NFL and college football and hoping it doesn't work because they want more chaos. They want more uncertainty, but uh, we'll see. Well, the it's college been, football has they have they have more control because there's no union. I mean, the NFL definitely that it's but, definitely the, okay. this is definitely a test tube to see how 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 it's being handled by teams. And I guarantee the NFL coaches are are watching and taking note of this and probably going back and forth with these guys. The NFL coaches don't have the ability to force players to to be on on campus and to do this, but don't don't think it's not being watched by these teams to see how to handle it and what to do. But college needs fans more than pros. Pros can depend on TV money and get by. They don't even need fans. They'll have them. They'll have college football needs those hundred thousand you know seat stadiums to be banged out to make money to make to get the revenue they're used to, and that's going to be problematic. Even though lots of college kids are in the crowd and those are again aren't vulnerable, they're going to have to you know have some I don't know twenty five percent capacity, fifty percent capacity. It's not going to be banged out, so they're not going to make the money they're used to. But it's been. Um, I don't know how many weeks since we've had you here, Mute, and I was just making a list of all the things you missed. Okay. I'm, I mean, it's obviously the world has gone insane since last I talked to you. Mm-hmm. Since last I saw you, the world has been completely you know, thrown uh, upside down. And I was just looking at some of the things that have happened. And, I mean, if, if one of them happened, I'd say you missed some crazy stuff here, man. But <laughs> – just a quick list of things okay. that you missed, and I don't even know where to begin. I mean, um, the Sacramento Kings play-by-play guy got fired for saying all lives matter. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel took a leave of absence for wearing black, dressing as Carl uh, Malone, wearing blackface. The Golden Girls get yanked from Hulu for wearing mud masks. Um, Cleveland, the black cartoon character on Family Guy, will no longer be voiced by a guy named Mike Henry because he says – only a black guy could play a black cartoon character. Um, the Simpsons, who are yellow, said they will only have uh, white people play white characters and black people play black characters. Know your word yet on Brian the dog on Family Guy. We don't know whether Brian will be played by a dog. Aunt Jemima was canceled. Uncle Ben, I think, is going to get canceled. Gone with the Wind got banned. Paw Patrol got canceled. Cops got canceled. Live PD got yep. canceled no longer uh positive portrayals of policemen police officers are no longer allowed on any tv show i suppose the most insane thing we've uh, ever done in this country is uh defund the police during a uh insurrection when police are so vital uh minneapolis city council voted to ban to abolish the police at the same time three city councilors hired on taxpayer expense, uh, private security to protect them. Um, I mean, I could go. Uh, a lot of statues come down to came down to. 
a lot of they. I mean, obviously, we don't. I don't care necessarily about Confederate generals. They could they could vote as a city, as a town, to to remove those from town square. That's fine. But uh, trying to tear down Abe Lincoln in Boston and in D.C. tore down Ulysses S. Grant, uh, defaced Winston Churchill. Uh, it's utter insanity from coast to coast and border to border. Tell me what since last we've spoken stuck out uh, the most uh, stood out the most to you. What was the most insane moment of the last couple of months? Wow. The most insane moment of the past. I mean, with all this, the, the canceling of, of, of everyone that is of everything. putting on them themselves, I think is, is the worst. I think uh, the thing that bothers me the most is and, and and the statues and and the, the the things of bringing that down. I understand maybe the Confederates and stuff because of that. But I guess when you do that, and the thing that I get scared about, and I talk to my children about, is when you start doing that and getting rid of history, then you stop remembering the things that happened. And I think the biggest thing I've told them is, if we went over to to Germany right now, the concentration camps are still there. Right. I explained that. I explained it to Reamer, who says, yeah. you know, they, you don't have those things. Get rid of that. You know, yeah. And that's something you can still go to Auschwitz today. Right. And you talk of people that have gone to that and have seen that and li- and have walked through those halls and, and everything there. And that is the cold, chilling reminder of what people are capable of doing. And if you take something that away, no matter how terrible it is, I think you lose perspective on the, on the negative and bad things that can happen. Life is full of bad things. Bad things are going to happen. You're going to lose. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get your heart broken. All these things are going to happen. You need to deal with the failures and the the things that go wrong in life and how to overcome them instead of trying to forget them. Because no matter how much you try to forget things, they will always be there. You can't get rid of them. You can't, you can't get rid of what has happened, but you can use that to be better in the future. And I guess that's the, the biggest thing that I've said and have gone through is that you can't change the past, but you can make it better by not making those mistakes. And I think when you take away those things and try to pretend like it didn't happen, I think that's a bigger that's a bigger knock. So no wonder no wonder Cullinane idolizes you. You were, that was that was very well said. Yeah. I would say I was just to make the list for you. To, to, uh, the the one thing that will stick out to me the most five years from now, ten years from now, if I'm alive, would be. The Minneapolis Police Department being ordered to abandon their precinct. They left. I assume they grabbed the guns, but they didn't grab everything. They left and arsonists, anarchists, Black Lives Matter, they all they moved in and burned it to the ground. And you have video of cops running from the scene, going the wrong direction and the police station being burned to the ground after they looted it. And they caught one of the arsonists. We talked about this the other day because they found him wearing the the Kevlar vest that he stole out of the, out of the uh, police station. But the I mean, to think of a public official, a mayor, city, uh, the mayor in this case, ordering the police to abandon their place, their their station, and allowing anarchists to burn it to the ground. That would be the most disturbing moment. That'd be the moment when I said. They're winning, you know, Antifa and Black Lives Matter and the anarchists and the protest. They're winning. You know, we're running. It's a I, sad day. And I, feel terrible. I, I think if you vote, you know, in my opinion, you vote for Biden, you vote for those people. You vote for that kind of chaos. I feel terrible for the police officers. I mean, you know, I, 
know a good amount of police officers, you're in the, the biggest lose-lose situation of all right. time. Because no matter what you do, you're, you're labeled in, in to that as what has happened on TV. And, and the, guy, the George Floyd thing, those guys obviously should be persecuted to the letter of the law. That was, that's awful. Never should have happened. Right. But to, and then you start painting a broad brush with everybody else is just is just wrong and none, nothing that they can do. And you talk about like the Blasio is trying to cut what a billion dollars from the from the budget. A billion, billion. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the entire budget. And police are what retire. So what up New York police officers retirements or asking to be uh, to quit or relieve. It's like up 40 percent. Right. And it, there's if when you lose that and then the ability to maintain law and order, then I guess, I guess people don't, they think that we can be self-policed. And I guess the, the best way to do it is, is, is let them be the test tube. Right. I mean, Chicago is pretty much that way right now. Look at the amount of, uh, you know, the, the chaos and the murders that go there every weekend are, are something that, that never gets talked about enough. And, and if that's the way that people want to go about this, I, I don't choose that way. I, I, I choose to have law and order, but I, I find it the, the demonization of police officers, uh, to, to be sad. I, I feel, I feel bad for them. I feel bad for the victims that have been, uh, you know, abused by the police officers, but I can't, I, I don't really enjoy. But it's so rare. It's so rare. It's such a lie. It's such a lie. And which brings us to, uh, by the way, another couple of, uh, idols of, uh, Cullinane, uh, uh, the two, um, barstool guys, oh. KFC and big Dan there that were on with Portnoy. We talked about this yesterday. Portnoy had a rant about Kaepernick. You know, he regrets it. It was stupid, but he didn't apologize. He just said, you know, we're a comedy show. We go across the line sometimes. Portnoy made a statement, which is what you'd expect. He said, you know, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm not going to apologize. And he's still standing. And I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to bend the knee. The thing people are coming at me now, the Kaepernick, it's like literally a joke from the office, which, by the way, Steve Carell has said would never exist nowadays because people will cancel it in two seconds. Yet the canceled people probably fucking love that show. They just fucking hate me. His two cohorts, both, by the way, both wrote long blogs apologizing, essentially promising to do better. It was very, they just threw themselves, you know, to the, to the mob. It was very disappointing. I don't know those guys, obviously. Uh, I know who they are, but they, well, did you read, did you read that? Did you read KFCs? I didn't read KFCs. Yeah, I read, I read both of them. I mean, I don't understand why they felt the need to do that, to be honest with you. First of all, people are just after Dave. Like Dave is representative of Barstool Sports to to some degree, and they just want to get Dave. So I don't know why Big Cat even got involved in something like that. They're part of the original five, so I think that they have to. But that's, you're a victim of your own success. You want to take over the world, and then all of a sudden you realize that when part of doing that is you, you give up a little bit of that independence or maybe some of the the uniqueness that brought you to that as you get bigger because you have more people under your you know under the microscope but I, I think a lot of that is you know your your former co-host Kirkman and brought a lot of this up and really really made them aware of a lot of the things that was going on there and he challenged them and I give him a lot of I give him a lot of credit for that it's not easy to do that it's not easy to maintain what got you there? Like it's easy to be those those guys that are the uh, the new guys on the scene that aren't afraid to ruffle feathers. Then all of a sudden you get to the top of the mountain, and now all of a sudden you're just trying to stay there. So you start conforming to a lot of those things, so you don't lose uh, you know that position. And and I think Kirk is one of those guys that he's not afraid to constantly push the envelope in, in that aspect, and he's not afraid to call out anybody. Right. And uh, yesterday, 
Yesterday, did a uh, Periscope uh, calling for uh, Jamel Hill to be canceled. It went viral as it should. Because, yeah, it was trending. You know, he's pointed out the hypocrisy. Point out the hypocrisy when she's working for Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons, who once uh, compared uh, the Serena Williams and uh, Venus Williams to Amazons and all kinds of offensive stuff. Um, that's okay, but Barstool, you know, Mark's Colin Kaepernick can't have that. I think it was a fight worth having. I think uh, the Minahan's right. He says, you know, he he represents what Barstool used to be, rebels, you know, fearless. And now they have people like KFC who writes yesterday. And I guess he, you know, he's apologizing for the guy he used to be, he writes, when my brain was a fast piece of shit. I didn't know. Back then, I didn't know who Colin Kaepernick really was as a person. I thought he was a washed-up quarterback causing controversy in the sports world. I didn't really know the extent of the police brutality racial epidemic in the country. I knew about Eric Garner and Michael Brown, but I didn't know the extent of those tragedies and how deep the problem ran. First of all, there is no police brutality epidemic. That's utter nonsense. If you're really, he says he's reading up and paying attention now. That's, I mean, that, that's just a guy bowing down before the mob saying, please eat me, you know, bowing down before the, the alligator, the crocodile saying, eat me last. Don't, you know, go yeah. get him. He, he, he didn't know. Uh, he knew about Michael Brown, but didn't know the extent of the tragedy. Michael Brown tried to kill a cop. That was a justifiable shooting. Even Obama and Eric Holder said it was justifiable. So if you're really paying attention, KFC, you'd know you're talking out your ass right here. But hey, you know, maybe it'll come for you last. Well, no. And, and uh, the other guy, big, the big man, did the same similar uh, Mia Culpa. So maybe it'll come for him last. Who knows? I'm not sure who that satisfies, who that placates. I don't think it placates anybody. Yeah. I, but it's, they're trying to hold on to, to their brand. I mean, right. they, they came from bloggers that were like sitting in basements doing this stuff to 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 a multimedia empire that is now you know part of a gaming uh, a gaming company uh, online betting they have the their podcasts are number you know ranked so high and throughout the scope of everything well, they so don't want to lose that and, and, and it's their money and it's money fair- let's get it all comes down to money they don't want to lose the money they're making and in some fairness we're also in the middle of a pandemic they lost probably millions of dollars yeah. during this thing oh, they're just lot, trying to survive to some yeah. extent so well, but- why can why can portnoy fight back but they can't why can portnoy stand there and say i'm not going to apologize when he's the one that said the offensive things yeah. all they did was laugh uh, but he can fight back as he should, and they have to they have to cower. I don't get it. Yeah, it is I give him credit. Thing. I give Dave credit for, you know, he stands by that. But I think he also gives his those guys and the employees their their platform. To, he doesn't coach them to do it. He allows them to to speak their minds and say what they. He's not giving them a party line. I guess you know what I mean. Every one of them, he's like, if you want to address this or say something, then you can. I'm not going to tell you what the party line is. I'll say what I think, but I'm not going to force you to say what I feel. Yeah, and even yesterday, well, I think- the Jamel Hill thing, that was just setting an example. Nobody wants Jamel Hill canceled. No. Nobody wants her to not have a platform. We want her to speak and then criticize it. Yep. But that's all that was. I was just pointing out how hypocritical she is. It was a great job by Minahan yeah. because you can do this to almost anyone. She had No, you can do it to anybody. You can do it to anybody. It's out well, there for, for anybody. But some people, as, as Minahan pointed out, Mike Greenberg, you can't do it to Mike Greenberg. You probably can't do it to... You know, Dan Roach. You can't do it to me. You can't do it to me. I deleted my Periscope from Legacy Club. I, I'm, you can't get me. 
<laughs> but you can do it to almost anyone. And Jamel Hill's an easy one. She tweeted about Manny Ramirez. She calls him Manny the tranny. And now, right. now she's enlightened. Now she understands the struggle of uh, transgender uh, people and she feels bad. But, you know, that, that you're right. Colin, you're, you know, he, he, Kirk's really not or his people or and nobody's really wants her fired. No. Um, but it just pointing out the hypocrisy, you know, she works for Bill Simmons, who has a long history of writing and saying controversial things. That's OK. But Barstool, you know, Barstool bad, but the ringer good. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. I just don't understand why. And you're the you're the guy who loves these guys, Cullinane, K, uh, KFC and, and Big Dan. Why can't they do what Kirk and Portner did? Why can't they fight back? Why do they have to, to cower and apologize? Yeah, I don't. I don't understand the KFC angle. I kind of understand the Big Cat angle, just because he's 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 a huge fish now. He yeah. he's on his own. So he, what? So is yeah, Portnoy. Yeah, but Portnoy's a different. He's a different beast. He's he doesn't want like Big Dan's Cat doesn't want this. Type, yeah, no, he doesn't he, want. He would this rather type. not have the attention. He was he would probably been better off not writing anything. Correct. That's a, that's how he's kind of handled all the controversies that have gone on at that place i just think we're going back to the the naivety naive the naive nature of people i was going to try to say naivety I but, I was gonna blow that one. but we can't really expect every one of us to be perfect we're human we're naturally fallible like we're all going to make mistakes we're all going to say the wrong thing at the wrong time do the wrong thing make a mistake like to, to think that all our public figures and and, and everybody else are perfect people is just so stupid because we're going to make mistakes. It's how you deal with the mistakes in life is how you become successful or not successful. And, and, I, I don't understand why people have to apologize for making mistakes because I mean, excuse me. I understand we have to apologize for making a mistake, but I don't I don't think you have to apologize for being a human being. You're going you're going to screw up. That happens. And you judge, and it's hard when you judge people by a different standard than than they had or they dealt with when they made the the mistake. It's like you know the blackface thing again. I I hate, I hate Jimmy Kimmel, but when he dressed up as Carl Malone, nobody gave it a thought. When Jimmy Fallon dressed up as Chris Rock, it's like, so what? Now we have a new one, Alyssa Milano. <laughs> Everyone who's done blackface is a liberal. It's amazing. Alyssa Milano, big, outspoken liberal. She did blackface. But at the time, it was like, so what? And then it became forbidden. So you can't judge them necessarily. It's like someone, you know, different terminology was used for, you know, black people 40, 50, 80, 100 years ago. You can't go back and say, oh, this guy said colored. Well, well, that was what they did. Retroactive judge people. You can't have retroactive standards. Right. Standards change, things change, and now we're trying to do that with lots of people, including. And and again, I love the hypocrisy when it happens to Jimmy Kimmel or Howard Stern. I I can't say I don't uh, enjoy watching them being um, judged the way they judge others. But you're going to take someone's livelihood away because I mean, the, the, whatever the um, you know, the guy in Sacramento who said all lives matter. And he meant it in a compassionate way. He wasn't being flippant and he lost his job, which is awful. But even worse is people who said, good, he should. And you go, what? He lost his job for saying all lives matter. He's, he's unemployed and that's a good thing. That's insane. Right. I mean, stupidity has consequences. It obviously does. And you, and Every decision, everything you make has consequences, but to, to constantly fire people for, for 
things that they've done or jokes that have failed or all those other things. You're going to be you're going to be spending the rest of your life looking back at all the people's mistakes instead of I don't understand what what positive stuff comes from that. I, I really think as you you keep looking back to try to find faults in people's past instead of letting people move forward and try to get better and learn from the mistakes of the past. That's the productive. Th- that's a productive route. Going back doesn't solve anything. You're not going to change it. You can't scrub it. You can like. He, Cullinan can can erase the periscope, but he can't he can't erase the the vision no. that we all have in our head of seeing him do that. Right? It's still there. It may not be there visually vis- physically for us to watch it, but we can see it. Right? So you can't erase this stuff, no matter how hard you try. But you could get better and learn from it and move on. And that's yes. there just needs to be a lot of moving on, and a lot of people need to stop looking back and trying to complain about every fucking thing that's happened in and the it's world. Gonna world. it's going it to get worse it's going to get worse the language we're going to tack on two weeks to mute suspension it was really the language the whole time that upset me so do you think yours oh really so, um cullinane was the dummy <laughs> sorry go cullinane was afraid a you know prominent man in the financial uh, world scott mutrin might come on here and sink to my level or you know worse sink to his level i was i was looking out for the man that was a classy yeah. move by Dave Collin. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. I but behind the scenes, getting... somebody will call me a scumbag about it. So right, yeah, yeah. Turtle Boy Cruise is going to come after you hard. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Turtle Boy is going to be, uh, oh, he's already, he's uh, he's in the comments now, and he's probably tweeting too about how, you know. Yep. Go I'll read about it later. All right. Let my kids right. read it for me. Well, it was, uh, it's good to see you again, Mute. Um, you How's the how's the homeschooling going? Good. Well, we're done now, so it's summer. It's summer vacation. Uh, now everyone's just out uh, staying active. Uh, esports, running around. Uh, do you make Do you make your kids wear masks? Uh, only when they have to walk into stores where it's required, but not like in in the car, like not in the car. I do make fun of people that drive with masks on. I have to admit, I've, I'm sorry, I'm bad about that. But I see people drive with masks on. I out out loud say stuff. To my kids. I see that, and I just look in the back of the car or the front, wherever it is, and I just assume there's an, an Uber, Uber or a yeah, Lyft right, driver. Right. It's just it's insane how many people are doing that with that. It's just yeah, crazy. they're out they're out doing very active, and uh, now that things are opening up in Massachusetts, that helps. I think more than anything, it helps my wife. She's she was done with homeschooling them right that should never have happened if they don't go back in the fall that's the craziest thing the craziest public she'll be, she'll be person one on charlie baker's doorstep if they don't go back to school in the no, fall hey, that, she was ready to write a letter not that he's going to be last that's charlie's goal we want to be last at everything last at opening everything because uh you know he's in charge and his approval rating is still good and the globe still loves him so he's uh He's going to keep doing what he's doing. But uh, all right, Mute Man, thanks, brother. I will talk. We will uh, see you again soon. Thanks for coming in. You came into our. That uh, no, was an easy commute our, for me today. It was an easy commute. <laughs> our studio, our southern uh, our command southern here. Studio, yes, the Devon Group. Yeah. Thank you. Our satellite studio. It's, it looks like a nice place. Yeah, cross country mortgage. Got in, uh, wearing I don't the even have here. the camera set up in the right spot. There's there's some other spots in here that would look real good, to be honest. Yeah, with you. well, yeah. next time. Next time we'll do it again. Mute. Thanks. And uh, thanks to Shake Concrete and Allied Paving. And thanks to DCU and Birch Golden Flagship. Uh, thanks to God. who's in tomorrow, by the way. I'm, I'm trying well, to I'm a day by day guy. I don't know yet. What do you, you want Shattuck? We're working on it. Reamer claims he overnight, Reamer claims he was doing overnight all week. And I heard Amy Lawrence this morning so I, I think he's lying to me and he's he's getting an early getaway for the fourth to provincetown or something like that well the you know the rumors on the street is they are shaking things up uh um yes on, uh, sports radio and uh my old place and uh reamer is angling for another gig he doesn't have enough gigs he wants to angle for another gig and uh there. you know he's a hustler he may get it 
they're they're changing the whole for they're getting a whole bunch of new people in there. Apparently, yeah, you, I saw the ratings in the comments from before, but I don't get. You never know. Country things. music is blowing up. That could be a good format choice for them. It's a it's a popular right. it's a popular radio format. We'll see. I was ahead of the curve, but like ten years ago, I was sitting with the boss saying, "Country's coming." You know, you should flip. Uh, a, no, not what's the app? It was like Jack FM or Mike yeah, FM. Mike FM. Jack. Well, except for the, what Chase Bryce and a couple guys had a concert down in. Uh, that's right. That, yeah. that, that did not go over well. There's yeah. a lot of angry people at them for hosting a concert down there. I, uh, I talked to our boss. Ten, I said, you, you know, you should go. We should go country with this Mike FM. This terrible idea they had. <laughs> and he said, Yeah, 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 whatever. And uh, you know, three years later, there was uh, two country stations in the top 10 in the market it was i knew it was coming i saw it in other markets but they like yeah people aren't that in the country i said yes if you've gone to chesney and foxborough yeah you know they're into it and uh, i was i was right again but i uh, never listen to the radio when i get my even for long drives it's either podcasts or it's good man satellite or whatever but i do not listen to the radio you doesn't have it i just like oh i lose my mind when i have to listen to regular radio you and everyone else, mute man. Everybody is coming over to podcasts as they should. It's the wave of the future, and uh, we appreciate everybody doing it here, listening to uh, this podcast on the website, on your phone, tell a friend. That's what we need. Yep. We need more people to uh, to get hooked, to give up on radio, and come on over to podcasts. That's the way. Or you can uh, go on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, leave a uh, five star review if you're if you'd like, and. Uh, and uh, keep listening. And again, tell some friends. We need some. Uh, we need some support. I don't want to get a real job, and neither was Cullinane. Nope. Nope. Uh, I, I like the free will life. I, I feel good right now. <laughs> I get to hit the bottle early on weekdays, Uh-oh. so it's nice. It's a nice life that I live. All right. All right. Goodbye. Right. This is the Callahan Podcast. We'll do it again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? You, no one else stops. I don't. Can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. Compra especiales increíbles hoy hasta agotar existencias en la venta de regalos que te encantará regalar en Macy's. Como ofertas geniales en abrigos para él y para ella de Calvin Klein, Anne Klein y más de los mejores diseñadores a solo 100 dólares y menos. Ahorra en grande en carteras y billeteras, ahora al 40%. Y crea un ambiente cálido con un 70% menos en juegos de cama y mantas de franela abrigados. The Martha Stewart Collection, de hoy al jueves en Macy's. Además, recibe 10 dólares en Macy's Money por cada compra de 50, hasta 40 dólares en Macy's Money. As a professional painter, you know your customers want a flat finish, but don't want to pay the price of fighting dirt, grime, and scuffs. Use new Bare Ultra Scuff Defense from The Home Depot for a beautiful flat finish plus stain and scuff defense. And that price starts at just $29.60 a gallon. And that's before the Pro Extra discount. A flat paint that's too tough to scuff. Bare Ultra Scuff Defense. Only at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Available online and in select stores.